a swift runner named Philippides, was sent off in haste to Sparta. The distance to that city was 140 miles. We are told he covered it within two days. But the Spartans were keeping a festival. Religious scruples forbade them to abandon it, and their force appeared in Attica too late to fight. Thus, but for a contingent from Plataea, their small neighbor, the Athenians were left to meet the invader single-handed. Their citizen army, perhaps ten thousand hoplites strong, was marched out over the mountain which looks down on Marathon and encamped upon the foothills, commanding the road to Athens and in watchful expectation of the enemy's next move. They were certainly outnumbered, perhaps by two to one, and hoping for Spartan aid, they let several days go by in wise inaction. Then the Persians showed their hand. The plot with their friends in Athens was now ripe. The town itself was left defenseless by the departure of the army, which was, as we have seen, pinned down at Marathon and could not abandon its post without at once throwing open the road to Athens. If, while it was thus detained there, a part of the Persian army should re-embark on shipboard and round Cape Sunium, the Alcmionids were waiting to admit them to the town. The moment for the coup had clearly come. One of the chief motives, we are told, for the Persian disembarkation at Marathon had been that the plain was convenient for the maneuvers of their cavalry. That cavalry, in fact, consisted by far the most formidable menace to any force of Greeks, for they themselves had no means of countering the danger of encirclement with which it threatened them. Small wonder, then, that they clung to the shelter of the foothills and refused battle till they might secure at least some superiority of numbers. The situation was therefore dominated by the presence of the Persian cavalry. Yet the extraordinary thing is that in the engagement which was presently to follow, no mention whatever is made of this same cavalry. The inference is obvious. One day the Persians must have got tired of waiting and, resolving on a coup, must have re-embarked their cavalry on shipboard, preparatory to a voyage round Cape Sunium and a swift ride upon Athens. On the instant, Miltiades sized up the situation. From a military point of view, it was critical enough, but simultaneously the most formidable portion of the enemy's force was temporarily out of action. On his advice, the Athenians launched a swift attack. By skillful arrangement, they so reinforced their wings that, though the weakened center suffered, they enveloped and rolled up the Persian line. The crash of the heavy-armed hoplites advancing, so Herodotus declares, at the quick pace, was more than the Oriental soldiery could stand. And it was now, in fact, proved, once and for all, that the Persian infantry were no match for the Greeks. With their short spears, wicker shields, and quilted body covering, they could make but a feeble show against the long lances of the hoplite shield line. The surprise deprived them even of the opportunity to deploy their more dangerous archers, and pluckily as they fought, none but a battered remnant succeeded in escaping to the ships. There a fierce tussle took place, and the story is told how the brother of Aeschylus, the poet, clutching the stern of a Persian galley, hung on grimly till his arm was completely severed with an axe. But the perils of the day were not yet over, 
As the battle drew to its end and the Persian survivors had got safely to sea, there came suddenly the signal which they had long awaited. From the mountaintop above the plain of Marathon, a shield was flashed. It was an intimation from the pro-Persian party in Athens that the city was now ready for the coup. It was a perilous and anxious moment for the victorious army. They themselves were a twenty miles' march or more away from Athens, and already the cavalry which had embarked that morning might be rounding Sunium. Miltiades' battle-worn heroes turned from the scene of the slaughter. All through the long afternoon and evening— they raced against time. The next day, when the enemy fleet appeared in the offing, there were they at their posts. In the face of such defenders, no landing was attempted, and Athens was saved.